This is CliffCentral.com. Welcome to the Opinion Booth. My name is Sonia Booth. Her Twitter bio reads, a disturber, <laughs> a life student and teacher. It goes on to say, I still battle to tweet. I retweet and reply. <laughs> Is and that the, funny? And there goes that infectious <laughs> laughter. Lebu, <laughs> Dada, Ule. Hello, Sonia Booth. Welcome <laughs> to the Opinion Booth. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Now, first things first, are you still obsessed with Kate Sweat? Kate Sweat, oh my word. <laughs> oh, okay, I wasn't ready for that. But yeah, I... Um, I, I I used to love him. Remember that song, man? Can I get Make it? it last forever. <laughs> yeah, no, I am. I am. And I live with someone who has um, over 10,000 CDs. I kid you not. So I always say to him that if all else fails, we are opening a music store and we're selling these CDs. So he's got all the kids' sweats. What do you mean 10,000? 10,000 CD. The CD. Wow. 10,000. Yeah. He's not, not, whole, L, not LPs. No, he doesn't have a lot of LPs, but he's got a lot of CDs. Yeah. My yeah. We once counted and I think we got to 8,000 and he said there's another box and I was like, nah, I can't. This is all in one house. Yeah. Not in, in storage. All in one house. He's one of those people that has more things than anyone else from clothes. He's a collector. He says he's a collector. I think he's, he's not a hoarder. Um, mm. I was about, I was about nah, to ask. Nah, hoarding. He hoards <laughs> even boxes. Like he'll say, no, maybe we will need these boxes. <laughs> <laughs> like I laugh because I'm like that, but I hold, uh, I hold newspapers. Like why I, he I can't let go. Too. Like, like you know, I, I, I do a lot of research for uh, content for yeah. my show, and therefore I, 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 I struggle to throw newspapers away because I'm, I mm. say to Matthew, no, maybe I'm gonna, you know, use this article as you know direction when? for content for a show, and, but it, it never happens, ever. and no happens. one should throw away those and, newspapers. And, uh, and yeah. I, I think, yeah. I think I'm a hoarder, but your man is no, he, definitely he hoards. Like if we buy appliances, he doesn't want to lose that box. That box. <laughs> You only have to keep the box for like two years for warranty, or is it one year even? I don't know. No, no, no your man know. has a problem. Yeah. No, he has a but problem. I, but I'm I'm the opposite. I'm a, I throw things away. I throw things. I throw important things. I I got into a lot of trouble with my daughter because she's a hoarder and I'm a thrower. And and I had to learn to respect ah, people's boxes. Yeah. You're the exact opposite of your man. Matthew is like you. Really? Matthew throws away stuff and I I often worry about mm. your kind. And I'm talking about you as your kind okay. as in you and Matthew. You know why? Mm. People like you are quick to throw away things and my mm. biggest fear has always been that Matthew will one day be quick to throw me out. No, but it's been like hundred years. How long have you been? I mean, I know, did you, eight, yeah. 18, 18 years, but still. <laughs> yeah, it's close. I, I close still worry that yeah. I'll wake up one day and he'll throw me out along with the newspapers. Yeah. We, yeah. I, I don't know if you are into star science, but I'm an Aquarian, so I don't hold on to things. I don't get attached to things, which is why it didn't take me too long to up and go. And leave Johannesburg. <laughs> we're gonna talk about that. We're gonna we're gonna talk about that just now. Yeah. I want to start off uh, because I, I I want people to get to know a different side of you because oh, yeah, I know okay. you've been on Cliff Central before with yeah. uh, Pumi, Lee, um, Timothy, also. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So you're a third time of uh, yeah. offender, a repeat yeah. offender, yeah. as we call them. So I'm not. I'm not. I'm, I want to. I want to go where nobody else has gone because I know you better than. 
Timothy and yeah. Pumi, right? Yeah. I, I, I know that for a fact, right? Okay. So I remember the young, innocent looking dada. dada. <laughs> She who loved dancing, yes. modern dancing to be exact. Yes. It was modern dancing, right? Yeah, modern dancing. And I did ballet, ballet. but modern dancing took over. Yeah. yeah. This is, this is, uh, you know, uh, oh, this, gosh, no, she, she did, she did ballet and modern dancing at a time when some of us were getting Dirty out mm. on the streets playing traditional In that red sand, games, yeah, red sand and <laughs> playing Diketom Kusha made from stockings and <laughs> skipping rope. She was doing ballet. Yeah. She was one of those girls, you know, she attended a, a model C school, I yeah. think. Yeah. Yeah. So now your daughter, mm. Tulu, who's mm. my niece, is a professional dancer. When did you realize she would follow in your footsteps? Okay, um, when Solo was four years old, I, we went to this party in Soweto, Dobsonville. Uh, I was still married back then. Oh, I have so much story. But anyway, let me focus. So we went to this party and then Boom Shaka was playing. A boom, boom, boom. And Solo is a naturally shy person. Even now, you know her. She's very, very shy. Solo wants to always disappear. But upon that music, she started, she stood up and she danced and she was four years old. And I remember like, oh my God. And she was doing style, the boom, 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 style yes. thing. And she was dancing and I knew she had something, but I didn't take it seriously. I just thought, oh, she's just a little girl uh, who is dancing to Bumshaka because Bumshaka was their generation. Bumshaka was their Brenda Fassi because, you know, we have Brenda Fassi, Libo Yvonne Chaka Chaka. So I knew then, but when I was sure this is the direction she's going to take is what was when she was in high school and after school she'd go to the library and then they had this sh- this group. Um, I just forget the name, so I'm not going to use a name and butcher it, where every after school they would go and rehearse. And then she would do Masters of Rhythm. There's this thing, it's like a competition where they call it Master of Rhythm. Every second weekend, she'd be there. Then she met other people. Then she, yeah. But she's always been, to answer your question, she's always been a dancer. Natural mm. born dancer. Yeah, very lucky people who find their calling quite early. I know, mm. I know. Very, I, very I'll, lucky. I'll now we that. stumble and fall. Even now I'm in limbo again. You're not alone because I'm, mm. I'm, I'm also on, on a path or quest to find my purpose. I mean, I'm loving what I'm doing right you, now. You are so good at it. And I think even. it's a step mm. in the right direction because of the, of how I've branded myself. So yeah. it's one of the things that I know are connected to mm. my greater purpose, I think. Mm. But now still on Tulu. Yeah. You share a very special bond. I love how you have such a close Relationship, you, you, I've seen how you interact and you interact yeah. like buddies. Yeah. I love how open minded and open, uh, the, the open lines of communication between the between two of you. Me, yeah. I mean, you are so open with her that mm. I caught you at times mm. sitting or one particular time you were chilling with her boyfriend and you were with her partner and the four of you were mm. chilling. Together, yeah, together, yeah. Which you hardly ever find, especially in the black culture. It's like your 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 mum doesn't want to know about mm. your boyfriend un- until the time that mm. they send someone, mm. your, the uncles, to come and pay lobola or whatever. <laughs> how 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 did you get mm, to that? Because that a, lo- a lot of mothers, mm. we, we they they get, they are so strict that yeah. the, there's the, there's no bond or close relationship between mother and daughter. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, before I answer, you are the same with your mum, by the way. 
I think it is proximity, age proximity. Remember, I had Solu at 16. And so did my yeah. mom. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. So, because I am closer to her age, I was making a joke with her that, you know, if you date someone who's 32, at 26, it's okay. I mean, you know, you are old enough to date someone, but that person, I could date them too because I'm 42. So wow. you're going to bring us a problem. So I have them closer to your age so that I can call them my kids. But anyway, how it, it happened firstly because our ages are closer, but I was always very conscious of wanting to be a very good mom. I think I'm a good mom, not only you to are, her. You are. Uh, and also I got very conscious about the impacts of parenting. You know, that's why we have daddy issues and mother yes. wounds and stuff like that. So I was very careful to try and scare them less. You know, children, it doesn't matter how great their childhood is. Everyone comes out scared. This is life. Something scares you. So if you could lessen it as much as you can, uh, it's easier. So open communication was a, um, it was almost an automatic thing. And in as much as we look very, very close, we also have, we, we respect each other's spaces uh, and it's it's an invisible thing. You see it. You see that I'm not in her face. I'm not her bestie. And I'm not going to hang with her besties. But I am her bestie, Harley, too. So we have our own bubble, our own space where we interact. And she calls me her bestie and she can cry and she can cry. Oh, it's always a cry, baby. An opposite of me. Solo cries every time. And then I don't cry like that. But when I cry, ooh, I wail for days. And then I don't cry for years. And she keeps saying, no, maybe it's because you bottle up here. No, it's because I talk. I express. So there's nothing. That's suppressed. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing. Emotions, so yeah. when I'm crying, a raw cry, it's because something is deeply hateful. And then I let it all out. Uh, but we're not every two minutes because, you know, you don't talk as much. So you express, why did we get there? <laughs> why did we talk about this? Wow. <laughs> but yeah, this sure. is, this is me and her. Yeah. We, it's age and my being conscious of the fact that, um, I want us to be very, very good parents and scar our children less. Love that. Yeah. I'm, I'm taking notes. I don't, I don't have a girl, but I'm, I, I can still use those yeah. lessons. With the, and I have with two, the, the boys. two boys. Yeah. 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 Mm. I don't know, but, but I'm, I'm focusing on, 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 on Tolu Tolu, for, yeah. for a reason and yeah. you'll get to understand as the show progresses. So now, do your friends, <coughs> followers, fans, stalkers, secret admirers <laughs> know you once made pizza on a Prama stove? You know, in I, my mom's rented backyard room in Snawane, <laughs> Soweto to be precise. Do you remember you know that? Sonia, I'm so glad you're bringing this up because I've been wanting to challenge you on this. All, what I remember is yeah. that your mom worked, uh, your mom always loved good stuff. She was like my in my mom in a way where she, she was really, the fridge was always packed. And I remember she brought some pita kind of bread, but it was, um, I think it was pita or it was a uh, roti type of stuff. I don't know where she had gotten it. And we were starving. And I remember thinking, if I can put this thing in a pan and then I can fry eggs and then grate cheese because I'm a good cook. You know what? In my next life, I'm going to be a chef or maybe and anyway. This lifetime. So, and then 
I think Viana or something, and then I chopped them up, and then it looked like a pizza. It wasn't a pizza, Sonia Booth. It tasted like pizza. I didn't know. It <laughs> no, pizza no, in our at, lives. At the, no, but let, let, hear me out. At the time, yeah. The reason I recognize it as pizza, I didn't know then that it was mm. pizza, but yeah. later on in life, when we were yeah, you know, able life, to have yeah. pizza, you know, when life became no, when life became it, better, yeah. the taste. Is so distinct what you made when oh, wow. back when we were what under we were 10, 12 or, or 12, 12 for number, yeah. under 15 definitely. Under, definitely definitely under 15 I, I will i will always have this memory whenever i eat pizza mm. i mm. kid you not i always want to send you a message to say i'm eating this pizza and it tastes exactly that the pizza you made on a promise I'm, I'm i kid you not no i do remember can i i have a faint uh, memory of it but it wasn't definitely it wasn't pizza but i love that uh, it had such a great room because you always talk about this you if if people don't even know what a Primus Dove looks like, you need to Google a Primus Dove, yeah. see what it looks like, yeah. and see what a great feat it would have been yeah. for somebody to have. No, I mean, I was thought, the eldest, and it was you, me, Vuyo, Dumelo, always. And you, and you, you yeah, just wanted always. to make a plan just, for us. Yeah, to let's eat. just eat something because the parents would go to work and come back, and we played because Snawani. That's my memory of Snawani is a lot of playing till we were gray yeah. and dirty. <laughs> In and, <laughs> Our skins were dry yeah. and gray, and luckily you light skin. So imagine yeah. me as dark as I am. You, know, you could you, you just could, go gray. You could scribble on my skin. Oh, be navy blue. Yeah, I know. Oh, thanks for rubbing it in. Now, <laughs> tell me, what have you been up to lately? I mean, and I, I know, yeah. I know you are loving the career right now. You know, uh, as we were saying about limbo and whatnot, when you say, what are you up to? Are you saying career? Are you, career? What are you saying? I want to know what you are up to. What gets you out of trouble? Because keeping busy just <clears throat> gets people out of trouble, no? Okay. Um, I have started something that is apparently very revolutionary. And I'm very happy that Mark Zuckerberg caught on. I have, as you know, I have a huge fo- following on Facebook as opposed to Twitter. And I have been Facebooking daily for nine years, daily, like big conversations, you know that, deep, deep content, big conversations, really, really hectic stuff. And what I didn't realize that I was doing is, A, I was putting my 10,000 hours. I was putting my 10,000 hours. And B, I was creating a community, a tribe that I wasn't even aware of. I'm creating a tribe here. I'm, I'm shifting mindsets. I'm, I'm making people self-aware. I'm making people dig deeper into who they are and their lives. Né? And I remember someone in 2016 or even 2015 saying, Lebo, you need to be paid for this. You know, someone must pay you for what you're doing. It's not so much the content. But it's what it's doing to people's souls and people's hearts. I mean, I personally, Motua Teng said, personally, you've changed my life, my the way I view well, the way I argue, the way I debate. It's completely changed because of your wall. And when I go on Facebook, I start on your wall. Second person, you need to you need to charge for this. And the whole charging thing Basically, it became very automatic. Someone inboxed me and say, I would pay you just to be on your wall every day. Then in 2017, I decided, let me actually start a group and let me call it Stretch with Lebupilian. And I'll tell you why I chose the word Stretch. And let people pay for it. 
And the whole idea was if you buy a magazine, if you subscribe to a magazine, how much would that magazine be a month? Forty, A good magazine, 40, 50 rands, fine. Now, if you subscribe for a year, that would be around 600 rands or so. And I'm like, okay, the platform is not mine. It's Mark Zuckerberg's platform. People are there. It's not like I'm sourcing them. So let me say subscribe to my group at 600 rands and I will give you your daily bread because you want my daily bread. And then I went further to say, you know, instead of just giving people J content of Mkosi, let me structure this thing such that I teach people the things that I feel we should have been taught at school. So Stretch with Lebupule is about, if you join me, you will know about universal laws, which is a whole topic on its own. One day when you interview me, we'll talk about that. I get you to talk about shadows. You know what shadows is. For an example, if there's something that is deeply irritating to you, Ganna, it is something that you have. So it's you, you spot it, you got it. So I help people wow. get into their shadow, shadow work. Then we go through uh, rhythms. I always believe for life, the reason we have seasons in in the, in in our in, in in the universe is because there's a downtime and there's an uptime. You can't be working, so it's it's life skills in that group, and people pay for it. So that's what keeps me busy every day. I wake up and I post something, and we engage. That's one. Two, I am completing my second book. Uh, it's actually basically complete. I'm battling with whether to go self-publishing again or to go the commercial route because you know you know the benefits. I mean, you're an author, so you know going the the big publishing houses comes with its own uh, prestige and and lemnyana. But then going self-publishing has its own benefits in that you own your material, you make your own money. Because let's face it, people say you write because. You write because you write, not to make money. But sometimes when you are in this limbo that we are in, we also want to make money. Of course. You know? So I'm completing my second book. My book is about entrepreneurship in South Africa. I go literally deeper into why is it that it's hard to be an entrepreneur and to truly make it as a black person post-apartheid. So I... Uh, the first part is about my journey. So the first part is memoir style, sort of like the first book. And then part two is then the researched stuff. The, that was the less interesting part, but it's the most informative because then I go through back to structural um, exclusion from the economy, our psyche as black people, and understandably so, our psyche is that, you know, you want to get a salary, you want to live a particular life. We have suffered enough, you know, through apartheid that the whole idea of digging a foundation and starting a business that will only bloom for my 10, 15 years later, it just makes us impatient. It's like we didn't struggle to struggle again. But unfortunately, I think that's the only way we will build strong organizations and strong businesses if we understand how it takes far more than BEE. And then I go into BEE, I, but I really, really just dissect it. It's got its good parts because we had to start somewhere, but it is failing dismally, BEE. So wait for the book. Okay. So that's what I write. And then I garden now. <laughs> In the Karoo. Is there enough uh, fertile ground or is it just sand and dry? You know, you, got, you know, dry. 
does it rain there? <laughs> what what do you water your, your garden on? Oh my goodness, you know. Or is it a roof garden? Get <laughs> toilet. You know, people are just the way you nuts. People nuts the karoo. The karoo is, is no, no. I don't underestimate. I'm just thinking it's dry. It is and very dry. It, it is a dry. Very place. hot. So what grows there? Okay, let me let you finish your story. Sorry. <laughs> I got you for, for calling me Navy. Oh, my goodness. I'm yeah. not Navy. I'm Chocolat. Chocolat. <laughs> okay, now I lost my trail of thoughts. But, <laughs> but I garden. I yeah. have uh, a bed. I created a bed because that soil is hard and dry. <laughs> like I said. <laughs> <laughs> so, I wasn't dissing yeah, you. you no, just said no it. it is. It is a place where alu, only alu and cactus <laughs> grow, <laughs> <laughs> and very, very rocky things. But it's got its its beauty. It's got its sacredness. Um, are you hot? I'm. I'm very hot. She's asking why I'm hot. I think it's uh, mm. maybe early, early menopause. Don't, don't, don't run away from the question. Answer. No, but I could not the podcast. Life, and there's no, life, there's no uncensored. Life, 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 life says uncensored. I know it's uncensored uh, and radio Unscripted. and ungovernable and yeah. Anyway, carry on. Are you done mm. with your gardening? Story? Yeah. Okay. Then I garden. Then I cook because I mean, there's only one proper restaurant. So and you can go there every week. So I have. <laughs> Improved. <laughs> Creative. You, you, only, you only have one restaurant. Yeah. That is half decent, not decent. <laughs> only half decent. Ne? Wow. And pick and pay just closed. Well, how do you, how do you survive? <laughs> okay, let me tell you about. It. Maybe let's talk about my move there. Um, I moved to the Karoo in April 2017, and. The main reason was that I felt like Jobek is almost spitting me out. There was, there was nothing for me in Jobek, given that I don't ever want to work for a corporate. I knew for a fact that I'm not going to do the cubicle world. I'm not going to be, I might be a communications manager or PR or whatever, but I'm just not interested in corporate South Africa. I don't have the stomach for it. There are people who have the stomach for it. I have the stomach for entrepreneurship. I also felt that I'm changing direction. I'm morphing more into writing, into content producing, into creatives in a way because, you know, and I'm glad I'm talking to you because you are a master at self-reinvention. Uh, yeah. So you feel where I am. And I felt if I'm going to spend my days behind the laptop with an online community, and if I'm going to spend my days writing and less doing meetings, because I've done that, Sonia, I've done the whole meeting thing, I've done the whole gala thing, I've done that scene, I've done that corporate world. How about I, how about I move? And then it's coincidentally, it so happens that I have, uh, this gorgeous man, and I don't mean looks, ne? this gorgeous man that I am dating, and it was a long distance relationship for about four years, and he happens to live in Beaufort West. He was in Cape Town, but because of the politics in the Karoo, the politics as in politics, politics, uh, and he's skilled in a particular skill of um, working with municipalities. It was better for him to be closer to the Karoo than commuting from Cape Town. So he bought this beautiful house, and the first time I was there, which is 2015, something agreed with me. And then writes a back and forth, you know, long long distance visit, long distance visit. But 2017, I said to him in January, I, I want to move here. And his fear was, I'm a city girl. 
There's only one decent restaurant. There's no mall. How is Levu going to cope? Because initially what I thought was he'll move up to Jobek. And I'm like, nah, doll, I'm going to move down. And I just fell in love with the place. I fell in love with A, the, um, the slow pace. I'm telling you now, we are in Tuesday. The Karu, they're still in, in Sunday. I think it's Sunday. <laughs> oh, no, no. I think the the church bells are ringing. Okay, so it's slow. There's a slow pace. There's this fresh air. I mean, I swear, I know people think I'm lying. There's this, the clearest air you can ever find. The bluest skies. Um, there's the rhythm. So basically, Monday feels like a Monday. Sunday feels like a Sunday, unlike in a city, unlike in four ways. Four ways is like Groundhog Day. What's about ground, mm. Groundhog Day, mm. that movie? Mm. Um, so I loved the fact that you don't live in malls. I walk everywhere. I hike now. I've lost quite a bit of weight, even though you won't tell me. I know I have. No, you have. You, 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 yes. you're looking so, good. No, my, my, biggest, my biggest worry is that you, you actually starting to look like your mum. My it's, it's not a worry, but I, I'm looking at you now and mm. it's like I'm seeing through, I'm seeing your mum. I bumped into one of my mum's friends at Pick and Bay now that I've been in Jobek and she got so teary. And I just see your mother. Exactly. Uh, Nomsa can't deal with me. I can understand. Nomsa can't deal. Oh my word. I mean, so your mum also can't. Oh, my missy just fell on you. Apparently when a, a major matriarch or, or a major person in the family dies, so it's almost like the spirit gets passed on. So I'm the new Mamisi. You are I'm the a new Mamisi. photocopy yeah. of her. And also I started graying. Can you see I'm gray? Slight I started graying. But, but gray, gray yeah. is sexy. Yeah, yeah gray, yeah. Jeez. We love gray. So anyway, just to complete the Karu thing, I've, I was born in the city, guys. You know, can we change? You know, and I mean, what is it? About a mall that impacts your life deeply, except chowing your money. Um, yesterday we were at the mall called Greenstone and I didn't know what I wanted to buy. I did, so I don't have, there's, there's not a lot of sensory. There's a, uh, there isn't a lot of things that overwhelm you. The, the whole consumerism thing literally disappears. I buy, Weekly from an organic, yeah, you were talking about how dry we are. We have organic vegetables, vegetables that have soil, not your, <laughs> not your woolies. Not, not manufactured <laughs> in, a, in a factory. Yeah. yeah, so it's the simple life that I think right now suits me. Will I stay there forever? Highly unlikely, given the way my personality is. If anything, I think I might probably leave the country. Maybe my next move would be to go somewhere outside outside South Africa. But Jobek, where's the king? My parents have died. I'll visit you. I, I support you in that. Thank Traveling you. Traveling is the best education. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, I want your opinion on the following. Mm-hmm. Are you ready? If it's people that I suck up to, I'm not going to. <laughs> okay, talk. That's when I'm going to call security on you. <laughs> Okay, women who say that bitch stole my man. How does a grown ass man get stolen? Okay, so it goes back to patriarchy. One of the things that patriarchy has created amongst women is 
enmity amongst ourselves. Uh, patriarchy has made women literally distrust each other. You walk into a restaurant or an event or a place, you see a beautiful woman, your immediate reaction is, who is she and does she think she's better than me? So then men become this precious beings. And I, I get another thing is that patriarchy um, glorifies relationships and marriages. So And not for men, for women. So it's the woman who must be married. It's the woman who must be partnered. If a man is single and he's 40, he hasn't found the right person. If a woman is 40 and single, oh gosh, you know, there must be damaged goods or kill if it, there's always bad things so men become this precious thing that can be stolen and can be uh, taken away from you by another woman so it's a patriarchy thing and it is deeply deeply ingrained in us and sadly even now in 2018 with women that you feel are supposed to be at a particular progressive level still believe very much in that and they call people home wreckers and they don't call their the husband a home wrecker because the person who actually signed the contract is the husband you know the marriage who's married between the side because i guess they call them side chicks side chick and the husband but the side chick is their home wrecker I'm glad you mentioned that because my <coughs> next que- uh, question uh, that I would have wanted your opinion on is that whenever adultery is committed, mm. the woman, mistress, Nyazi, Makwapeni, as yeah. you've alluded, roll on. We sometimes call them roll on Makwapeni, <laughs> right? <laughs> I know, umpits. I know, it's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> so w- women women are often exposed, ridiculed, uh, mm. criticized uh, as homewreckers, as mm. you've said. Mm. But the man escapes scrutiny mm. and judgment. Um w- What's up with that? Because the man is the perfect being. And he can do no wrong. Yeah, yeah. A man is, uh, you know, the perfect one, the the ideal human being who um, we all need to circle around and protect and love and need and take care of um, so he can do absolutely no wrong. It's it's patriarchy, unfortunately. It's patriarchy that has created superiority of the male species. And then you look at shows such mm. as No Excuse, Paper Pcheld, Utatako, Kumbulekaya, etc. How mm. did we become a society that absconds mm. from our mm. parental duties and mm. responsibilities? Mm. Basically, the, the the fatherless situation is is so deep in that. Um, I'm actually writing a series about it, but it, it goes very, very deep. I, we have taken away accountability and responsibility from the men. Look at how we grew up. Um, it was the girl child who needed to be at home at a particular time who had the curfew. It was the girl child who needed to make sure the home is clean, people have eaten, the one who wakes up early, the one who does all that. Meanwhile, you're leaving a boy child to go wild and to play till late and to actually not even have any sense of accountability and responsibility. And then you take that boy child and you give him a child, you you turn him into a father or he becomes a father. Where is that sense of responsibility going to stem from if it wasn't ingrained from childhood? So we expect the impossible. It's like this thing of... um, being a virgin until you get married, and then on the wedding night, you expect this virgin to suddenly be a porn star, for lack of a better example. I don't like porn. I think it's 
be a big part of the problem. But it, it responsibility has to be ingrained from a very, very young age. And you have boys, I have boys. If I have not groomed Tevelita to take responsibility for their action, that every action has a consequence, that what you put in, you get out, that what you sow, you reap, they will not make better fathers than the fathers that we had. So it comes from that far. Now that is profound. And I'm glad you mentioned that because DJ Spoo got into trouble two days ago when he tweeted, her mindset will raise your children, Mm. not her her body or good Mm. looks. Choose wisely. Her mindset will raise her, will your raise your, your children, children, not her body or good looks. Choose wisely. Okay, how what how did he get into trouble? Because I didn't see the tweet, so I'm 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 not sure I follow. I'm not sure I'm I'm slow. You slow, ne? No, you're not slow. Let me let me tell you what V had to say. Okay. What will you be doing? While her mindset is busy raising your kids. Ah, I thought so. I thought it would go there. She Mm. went on to say, there are many things I hate about DJ Spoo's tweet, Mm. but I will highlight only two. Mm. One, it implies that beauty and Mm. a great Mm. mindset mindset slash intelligence in a woman are mutually exclusive. Exclusive, Number two, it also implies that raising kids is solely solely a woman's responsibility. responsibility. Mm. So it's her job. Just take her, put her in a nice house, give her a giant car, and she'll raise your kids for you. Don't worry too much about the looks. The ones with the good looks, by a super. They won't raise the kids. So again, back to that. I wonder how ingrained it is. It's in the bloodstream. So we have a lot of work to do as a society, not as women, as a society to uproot this uh, devoidance of responsibility from gentlemen. She concluded, V that is, mm. this is her comment on Smooth Street. Okay. Mm. There are a lot of married women who are single, mm-hmm. exclamation marks, in mm-hmm. inverted commas. There are a lot of married women who are single parents because of this kind of thinking. Yes. This is why in 2018, we are still applauding fathers yes. for being actively yes. involved, in not way. just financially, but physically in mm. their kids' lives. Mm. Your final mm. thoughts on that? That actually reminds me, especially the last bit, that reminds me of Azania Musaka's show. I love her two bits and I love her show. I think she's doing a fantastic job. She had this uh, show where she had fathers who are now home uh, kind of king house husbands yes and their jobs is to look after the kids and to raise children take them to school it was a whole hula baloo i loved the show in the f- sense that it is highlighting that this is possible and this can be normalized but it was just this guys this is so amazing you guys can do that so yeah it is it's a big problem that we just have to find a way of highlighting and i love the latest um the latest the feminist of today that i just not scared of power they speak uh, uh, truth to power and also the social media helps, Twitter helps people can attack people like um, DJ Spoo without fear and we can just call them to order and to account over and over and over so we have to keep talking we have to keep talking Your opinion on sex for marks at learning institutions 
Yo, I'm so out of touch. <laughs> uh, people sleep with people to get marks? With their lectures for better marks. It's called sex for marks. Do you know, this is the first time I even hear of that term. The Karoo has messed me up. <laughs> the Karoo. It's the same as the sex for a promotion or sex for a job. So it's now morphing into universities and it's rotting. So it's going to go to schools now as well. It's going to go to high schools and it's going to go to probably even primary school. But it is just, it just demonstrates the rot that the, South, the, the country and the society is in when it comes to these patriarchal things. It's like the blesser syndrome again. Okay. I want your opinion on a different topic now. <laughs> this thing is Ar- long. Aretha, Aretha, Aretha Franklin's funeral and burial. The numerous outfit changes <laughs> for a corpse. Your opinion on that? There's that laughter again. No, I'm laughing because um, I remember seeing tweets about Aretha Franklin's funeral. I was sedated. I was not feeling well. So I was in bed and I was falling asleep. But I I mean, I will have an opinion on Aretha Franklin and the fact that she was buried the way she was buried. She was a she was, she's a legend, guys. She's a legend. Can we give her that? I mean, if even if they had changed for two days, I think I think it's fine. It's a, it's a good farewell. I think Aretha Franklin deserves something like that. She was a lady. I think it, oh, it's okay. okay. I don't know what you want me to say. Horbas- no, no, I don't want you to. I don't want you to say anything. Okay. I don't want to dictate anything. No, I, was just I, I think it opinion. was fine. In fact, more, please, <laughs> more outfit changes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and, should, and 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 more programs. Should we do that for you when you when you when you die? Should we make you undergo ten outfit changes during the uh, pro- pro- proceedings? But why do you do this to me? <laughs> I'm just asking. There? No, but I I don't know. I actually want a small funeral. I just want you and uh, the rest of my family. And everyone else must just watch it on YouTube or something. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I like the fact that you want people to watch your funeral <laughs> on, on YouTube levels. <laughs> okay. Gosh, I okay. didn't see that vanity. <laughs> okay. As a speaker, I want your opinion on yeah. this tweet by Baba Lochauge. She goes, I dislike motivational speakers because like Mm. religion, they preach that thoughts and words are responsible for your reality. We cannot discount world systems, Mm. history, politics, Mm. structures that perpetuate certain realities. Mm. If we could speak our way out of things, many of us would. Mm. End tweet. Mm -mm. You know, when I started speaking, when I started being seen as a public speaker and being... um, called to give talks and stuff like that. One of the things I resented was to be called a motivational speaker. Precisely for that reason, which is I find a lot of motivational speakers, even those who are great and charming, um, they just hit the surface and they do exactly what motivation should do. Motivate you in the room and by the time you get home, that hype is gone. And you know what that creates? It creates you to go and want to listen to another motivational speaker and another one and another one. It doesn't go deep enough. Now, when, when it comes to, um, 
your words create your reality or your thoughts create your reality. That is a whole other ball game that has to do with what I was talking about earlier, got universal laws and stuff like that. The fact that we have certain political systems and we have things like apartheid and racism and structural exclusion, that is a fact that we cannot um, ignore. But I still believe that as human beings in your individual chair there, Sonia, you do have the power to change any situation that you find yourself in. I think we do. I think, um, okay, and I'm going to go a little woo-hoo. We are energy, and I, <laughs> I hate sounding like a motivational speaker. We are energy, and every situation that we find ourselves in, we have the ability to come out of. Does it mean, Hori, um the systems that we find ourselves in there's look there's macro and there's macro there's micro and macro problems as a people as a society as a black nation we have a huge problem that we have to overcome or not our fail and it will take a particular mindset to get us out of that does it mean the white people are correct to oppress us no you know say no to bad things but that doesn't mean we must sit back and say, yeah, no, we were oppressed or we are oppressed, so we can't move forward. Systems is uh, bent against us or it's hell-bent against us. You can push through, but it will take a collective consciousness of a certain kind for us to move on. At an individual level, you can turn your things around. You know that. You know that, Sonia. You know that. I know that. And I think she knows that. But if she's talking about the fact that motivational speakers are saying, yeah, 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 you can do it, you can do it, yeah, motivational speakers have their issue. So this is a paradox. It's a complex thing. It's a paradox. Yes, you can change your mindset by the words you speak and by what you think. But yes, there are realities such as systems and oppressive systems and economics and, and things that are hard. That's a reality. But we can get out of it. The paradox. Life is a paradox. And there is a law of paradox. The law of polarity. Lebo, mm. thank you for your time. You can edit that. <laughs> <laughs> You're the one that was complaining earlier that the show is going on for too long. So I'm concluding the show and now you have a problem. You can edit make, that make last up. bit Now out. that's a paradox. Yeah. <laughs> Bye, Sonia. Thank you. Bye, Felicia. My, my, my humble opinion after all this is the opinion brief. A car can be stolen. An ex can be stolen. Excuse the pun. We all know the saying, translated, a man is an ex that can be borrowed. <laughs> anyway, I am of the belief that the marital vows are between two people and therefore the wife should address and question her husband and no one else. Besides, if you have time to confront every mistress, then chances are you have too much time on your hands. My stance on life, keep busy and stay out of drama and trouble. Stop calling people home wreckers. The home wrecker is the one that pursues others while still committed to another. The home wrecker is the one who removes his or her ring when the need arises. That is, if he or she respects you enough to take it off beforehand. The home wrecker is the one who will pursue another and say, 
Quote, we are having marital problems. Our marriage died a long time ago. We are only married on paper for the sake of the kids, for the sake of my image and reputation. Ours is a marriage of convenience. Divorcing her means I lose half of what I own. Home Affairs still recognizes our marriage, but my heart belongs to you, blah, blah, blah. Big yun. Aspire to inspire before you expire. This is CliffCentral.com.